0: Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today, the leader we will be tomorrow.
1: I'm just going to let there be some silence. I wanted to give James the opportunity to enter this podcast.
0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast. (laughs) My name is James Meehan. I am the host with the most. They should hire me at Hostess because the other side of the microphone is a ding dong named Josh Baldwin. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Man, you are a dad. Good for you. Thank you. Thank that's you. excellent. I'm really proud yeah. of you. One of the things that I was really blessed with is a dad who loves dad jokes, a mom that who also good. loves dad jokes, and then my one of my youth pastors whenever I was first on the team at Life Church was all into dad jokes. And so because of that, that is like the only weapon in my humor arsenal that's is fair. dad jokes. So that's a little bit about me. Welcome to the podcast.
1: That's That's really great. I'm really glad to hear that you're good at dad jokes because for years I've been trying to figure out what you were good at. And so that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay guys. Hey, we're going to get started with the podcast now. So we're really excited that you're here. I'm sorry. Sometimes it's just, James is really immature. And so sometimes it's hard to get him, get him kind of riled in, but Hey, we're going to have a conversation actually about being adults, all right? <laughs> so that's actually the truth is a, as small group leaders or as switch leaders, we are adults in the lives of teenagers. Yep. And the conversation we want to have is what kind of adults do we want to be? Yes. Because there are actually different adults. There are adults that um, have different levels or types of influence over students, uh, like in their lives. And the conversation that we're wanting to have today, and I'm going to let James kind of get us started
0: with, is what kind of adult is it that we want to be in their lives? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. You, at some point, were a teenager. And likely, during your time as a teenager, you thought you were way more brilliant than you actually were. Amen. And, and you likely thought that the adults in your life were way less brilliant Than they actually are. But it's very likely that as you grew out of those teenage years and you became an adult yourself, you started to appreciate a little bit more the wisdom that they had. But it took you a while to get there. Why is that? Well, it's because oftentimes as adults, we see ourselves as the experts. And so we see it as our responsibility to tell young people what they should do and point to the things that we have done. And because of that, young people feel like they're being talked down to instead of actually being guided and honored and dignified because they're in a period of their life where they're trying to figure out who they are and they're trying to figure out what it means for them to be an adult. And in their minds, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, I will leave that up to you. In their minds, they think part of what it means to stop being a kid means stopped being told what to do, what to think, and how to live. And so as a switch leader, if you want to be a helpful guide and not just another talking head, then one of the best things that you can do is ask more questions and walk with them rather than just give them answers and point to what you have done or what you think they should do. In um, his book, Building a Story Brand, author Donald Miller talks about the need for every person to have a guide. And he looks at every great story that we know and love, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Hunger Games, whatever it is, the hero always at some point along the way has a guide step into their life. The master Yoda, the Gandalf who shows up to help that hero grow into the person they need to be. And for us as switch leaders, what we want to do is we want to play the role of guide in the lives of our students. And what that requires is two essential qualities. We've got to have empathy for the students that we're trying to lead. And we actually have to embrace the authority that we have as the guide, as the person who has gone before them. So like we know where they're going, but if all we do is just sit back and tell them what they need to do without actually empathizing with where they are, they're never going to hear what we have to say. Think about, for those of you who are married, whenever you got engaged or when you got first married, how everybody in their grandma came out of the woodwork to tell you exactly what the first year of your marriage was going to (laughs) look like. And the truth is, what they communicated to you was actually way more based on their own experience than anything that had to do with you because as human beings we want to be helpful we love to give advice we want to help people not experience the same problems and struggles that we've experienced so we tell them the things that we wish we would have known or the things that we would have done differently if we would have known better but but if we're not careful then we could become alike like a lot of those voices that we just either tune out and completely or we could become a voice where our own negative experience unhelpfully shapes someone else's expectation. So for my wife, Mandy, and I, whenever we got engaged, everybody wanted to tell us about how the first year or the second year or the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh year of marriage was the hardest year ever. And it was entirely based off of their own experience. And very rarely did those people actually make the time to empathize with us, to figure out where we were in our relationship and understand how they could walk with us towards the marriage that we wanted to have. And so we just recognized it for what it was. And we made the decision that we would not let someone else's negative experience shape our expectations in a way that would not be helpful. We committed, we're just gonna do the best we can to have an awesome marriage in year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Now, I'm giving you that example from my own life. But here's the big difference is that my wife and I had the wisdom to be able to separate the advice we were getting from the people who were giving it. What I mean is we had the wisdom to know that all of those people giving advice were doing it because they cared about us and wanted what was best for us. And they were actually trying to be helpful. Teenagers oftentimes have a hard time doing that. And so if they feel like you're just giving them advice and talking down to them and telling them what they should do, very rarely are they going to be able to appreciate it for what it is, an act of love, you trying to help them become who God has created them to be. And so that's why I want to warn you against becoming one of those talking heads that just tells them what to do and how they need to think. Instead, do the best you can to be a guide who asks a lot of questions and who walks with them toward the journey that they actually want to go on.
1: Yeah. I think about, like, I can think of my own kids really easily and think of the times that I have given them reasons for why I need them to do what I want them to do. And probably every parent listening, at some point, your answer has been, because I told you to. (laughs) Right? So, and in truth, I have said that more times than I can count. And it is is the least effective strategy. (laughs) It is a horrible strategy, because it's just not a good reason. And all that it ends up doing is pushing your kids away and making them more frustrated and making them feel less understood. And it's fine for you to know that the reason really is because I'm your mom or I'm your dad, and it's my job to know better. And I need you to listen to me and trust me. And so it's fine for that to be a part of like, yeah, I really need them and want them to understand that. But there's a really healthy way that we can help them understand that. And the same is true about the way that we lead students. Just like what James is saying, there's a healthier way than what often I think is the easier or more direct path. And so we often take the direct path because like you're saying, it's just easier for me to say, I'm just going to tell you what I did. And then you can kind of sort through the garbage and determine if that lands where you are. The problem with that is if I'm a teenager, I'm not even capable of sorting through the garbage. (laughs) Right, right. I I can't. So even if I did take you seriously, even if I did respect you so much that I decided to not think that you were speaking down to me, but to just think that you were caring about me and trying to share some of your your story, I don't have your experiences. I haven't been where you are. The world is so much different today than it was when when we were teenagers, it just is. It's changed a lot. And so my experiences don't line up with my kids' experiences. And it would be unrealistic for me to think that they could just line things up and be like, okay, dad, yeah, I see how that applies to my life. I think I'll take that information and apply it appropriately and make better decisions. Like, yeah. That's just not, that's not how things work. And so I, I love the idea of asking questions and genuinely being a guide I think that it takes a certain amount of humility to do Mm -hmm. this right. And so to be a helpful guide, you actually have to have the humility to believe that the person you're trying to help guide is capable of making their own decisions. Wow. And even if the decisions they make are the wrong ones, then God is capable of rerouting them. Caitlin said that on one of our episodes in the last couple of weeks that, hey, God does a pretty great job of taking our wrong turns and turning them into great people or right right decisions, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that we always get it right, but we're going to live our lives doing our best to honor God. And along the way, we're going to know that he has plenty of grace to make up for wrong decisions. And so as adults, as small group leaders, you're going to be helping guide students. And along the way, They're going to make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And every now and then they're going to make some really good decisions and you're going to get to celebrate them along the way. And when they make those bad decisions, you're going to get to show grace and love and care. And you're not going to be like, man, I told you not to do that. Like, (laughs) why'd you do that? I told you not to No, You're going to say, man, that sounds, that sounds really bad. I'm like, I'm sorry that that's where you're at. Let's talk about it a little bit. I think that the students in my life, that i got to speak directly into i only got to do that because they came to me yeah but i but otherwise i didn't right like i it, it didn't mean i didn't speak to them or care for them or listen like i was direct and intentional to have conversations but i didn't get to just speak my mind and really share more boldly you know more bold guidance unless it was clear that they trusted and respected me enough that they were coming to me saying, no, I want your thoughts. I want your opinion. That's totally different. And so there there are times that you absolutely are gonna be allowed to do that. The interesting thing is that even in those times, it's important that you remember you shouldn't be making the decision for them.
0: You should still be guiding them to make their own. That's so good. Yeah, as you're saying that, what it's making me think of is, like how important it is for us to resist the urge to jump to the conclusion because then what we end up doing, like even if a student comes to you and describes this thing that they're navigating, that is difficult. And it might feel like they're inviting you to give them advice and tell them what to do. It, it could also just be that they're wanting to process this out loud and they just want right. somebody to listen. And so if you jump in too quickly with that advice, you you might be mistaking them just processing for them asking you to solve their problem. For those of you who are married, once again, this will probably make sense to you, but you have probably experienced a time where your spouse was describing a struggle they were navigating or a problem that was frustrating them. And if you're anything like me, then when your spouse does that, your immediate gut visceral reaction is to tell them what the answer is and how to solve the problem. I have literally never done that. Because you, you are way more holy than I am. Ever, but don't ask Casey, <laughs> Yeah, but I've but, never done it. Right, but, but that, that example that we've probably all experienced, we can probably think of something in our minds, maybe you're not married, maybe you've had a boyfriend or girlfriend do the same thing, or even just a friend where actually what they're wanting to do is just say out loud the thing that has been weighing them down. Yeah. And what they're not looking for is an answer. They're looking for somebody to listen. Now, now, I'm not saying that all you do is just listen passively. I think what you do is you respond to that with either some version of, hey, like, I really appreciate you sharing that. Can you just tell me more about how that's making you think and what it's making you feel? Or you can respond with, hey, like, that's really, like, I really appreciate you trusting me with that information. What would be most helpful from me for you? Like, that is one of my go to questions when people share something with me. What would be most helpful from me for you? And oftentimes they will then tell me either, honestly, like, you just listening is really helpful, or I'm coming to you because I'm looking for advice. And if that's the case, then it's like, oh, okay, so you actually are inviting me in. You are giving me permission. And even if that's what they say, I don't immediately give them advice. I will usually ask one, two, three, four, sometimes five more questions. Author Stephen Covey says that one of the most important things you can do is seek understanding before seeking to be understood. Because what they may have shared with you is a slice of the pie but you don't actually know the rest of it. And if we're not careful as human beings, we can assume that the rest of the pie is just whatever we experienced in a similar situation. And we want to be really thoughtful and careful as helpful guides for these students that we are not just giving advice to the younger version of ourselves, but we're actually mm. speaking to that student right where they are with whatever wisdom would be most valuable to them. Now, I will say this. There is a time and a place to give clear and direct answers. Absolutely. If you look at the scope of the Bible, there is a time where God gives very clear commands. And there are times where when we read the story of the Bible, it's a little bit less clear what God is saying, but God is showing us through the examples of people, some good examples, some bad examples the wisdom that we are meant to draw upon. There are times where Jesus says very clearly, this is the thing. And there's other times where he asks questions or he tells a parable or he models something different. And so for us as switch leaders, if we are following the example of Christ, I think one of the best things that we can do is take time to understand what it is the student is actually looking for so that our response can be the most helpful thing possible. Because at the end of the day, if all you're doing is giving them answers and telling them what you would have done if you were in their situation, or what you did do when you were in their situation, it won't take long before they just stop listening to you. Yep. But if you're willing to listen, to have the humility, to hear what they have to say, to listen with empathy, and to trust that God has put you in their life for a reason, and that when the time comes to give advice, they'll be ready to receive it. And if it's not that time yet, then coaching them and asking them questions and helping them say the things out loud that they already know and trusting that God is going to use whatever decision they make for the best possible outcome, that, that's when you really do become a helpful guide. People
1: whose students continue to go back to over and over and over and over for advice and guidance and wisdom are not people that are just giving answers. People who continue to have repeat customers who just keep coming back because (laughs) they want to have conversations are people who are really good guides because they know if I go to this person, they're not just going to tell me what to do. They're going to help me think through this to realize that I already know what to do. And so our goal with students isn't to tell them the next step. It's not to tell them what they're supposed to do. As a teenager, you're aware of like very little. There's a bubble that they're living in and, the, and we're all kind of living in one, but the bubble's a whole lot smaller when you're a teenager. We've all been there. Our goal is to help them to see the things that are at play outside of that bubble that will affect the decision that they're trying to make. And so we're going to ask questions until we get to the point that we realize, hey, I think You see everything that's at play, at least as much as you can. And now you have to make a decision. So you know what's at play. You know what's at risk. And now you have to make a decision, and then you have to live with that decision. And no matter the outcome, when it's done, I'm still here, and I'm still on your team. I still love you, and I'm still going to keep battling with you. It's so important that they know that just like there's nothing that you or I could do to push God away or have him not love us. There's nothing that they could do to, to result in us not being there for them and loving them. I hope you remember, and I say this over and over again, but you're more prepared than you think you are. And these are the kind of things that you are prepared for. They're, they're likely the kind of thing that you're already doing well. And hopefully when you hear something like this, it just reminds you, it's a spark and it reminds you that you can do it even better. Thank you for another great week of Switch. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure that you're sharing it with other leaders. Let's uh, spread the word and make sure everybody's as prepared as they need to be. Thanks for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.